Hello and welcome to the fourth center. Do we still call it that? I don't even remember this shit. Fourth string, fourth the podcast. This is the podcast. Uh, I'm Jeff Solomon. I'm the commissioner of the fourth string league. With me this week is Julian and Pasta Padre, who are both owners. Although I, I would say Julian is the Chiefs owner as of the last podcast. He's he was briefly the Falcons owner and now has settled in New England. Uh, what a whirlwind week, Julian. How how do you describe these actions? Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a free spirit. What can I say? You know, nomadic. You know, what else can be said? Uh, can't, what no, can not, be not, said not, is we're going to start no one can hold rules me down. <laughs> about how often you well, can change teams. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, jokes aside, extenuating circumstances. Wasn't expecting to switch teams twice, to be honest. Um, I was just trying to get out of. I've been trying to get out of KC like basically since I started there because, uh, well, I love my Chiefs, but you know that contract is hell. You know, with Mahomes, so took over the Falcons. We went one and zero, by the way, as a Falcons. So technically, I consider myself undefeated in the league at the moment. Um, if we're just using that record, um, and then you know, as we'll talk about later, we had a friend come back and. Thought it only appropriate to let him have his team and move to the Open Patriots so that I could beat you twice a year. Yeah. Right. Well, when we started the season, you wanted the Patriots originally. That is and true. That is true. Yep. The only I wanted reason the Patriots you did to not. The... Yeah. The only reason I didn't get the Patriots is because I quit Madden for mental health, didn't to focus on my startup. And then about two weeks into doing that, I was like, actually, I have a lot of free time and I still want to play Madden. <laughs> So I came back and joined the Chiefs. So, yeah. Uh, Pasta, how many times have you switched teams? Oh, no, I would never do that. I mean, Julian's going to face the Firth curse, as uh, I like to put it. He uh, he dooms whoever takes over the team. He's a coach killer. Um, oh, yeah? I, I am not, uh, I'm, I'm not biased because I have another rookie quarterback. Uh, who I hope will will win. I don't know. I don't know if he's in the running for rookie of the year, but uh, so, rookie of the year uh, is also by conference for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I just I mean, Firth just threw three picks, but he also threw like two hundred yards and two touchdowns. So that'll probably help your case for rookie of the year because I think I was probably the, I think I was actually the most picks he's thrown in a game or tied at least. But oh, you're already you know, setting records in New England. Yeah, well, I got him maybe 25 minutes ago, so we can slow the roll there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. why don't we jump into that, and, and you can talk about your Falcons, your brief Falcons game, and then uh, your new Patriots game, since we have two weeks to cover. Yeah. Um, God, the lighting on this is so terrible. I'm on a laptop, unfortunately, because my PC... Well, it's mostly an audio podcast, so I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, when I'm, I used to start with the Falcons. Yeah, I played a game against uh, the Steelers that went down to literally the last second. It was good. Um, I had a game-winning drive that I set up, and it was in the red zone that I threw a pick. Julian, would you repeat that? You just froze. He's posing. <laughs> yeah, he's he's T posing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Hopefully, Julian rejoins us, but. Um... He's not gonna be able to finish this story right now, uh, though he seems really relaxed. Uh, Brian, why don't yeah, yeah. you talk about uh, either your last two games or if only one of them's interesting, uh, your most recent game? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I came out of the bye week two two weeks ago and played probably my cleanest game of the season. Uh, shut out Dallas and somehow rushed for 280 yards between four running backs. Um, and I had I had not had that kind of success running the ball, but I spent I spent my bye week uh, working on a few areas of my game that uh, you know I had done some data analysis uh, with stats and stuff, and and I found out. You know, I should probably spend some time working on red zone plays and things. Uh, and, and that was the main area for me. Um, and then I came back out after that game and played probably the sloppiest game I, I played all season against Tennessee. Uh, I just never got into a rhythm. He was making it really difficult on me, uh, what he was doing on defense. And I made a couple uncharacteristic uh, mistakes on offense that that let him get back in the game. Really, I was up 17 to nothing with seconds left in the second quarter, and it came down. He had a a fourth. It was fourth down, but either way, there were like three seconds left with the clock running. Uh, he got a touchdown, which got him back into the game. Uh, probably would have went the other direction if that hadn't happened. That really swung the momentum, and he got back in it and took the lead uh, in third quarter, early fourth. Um, I was able to hold on uh with a I, I took the lead back and then got a, a pick late in the fourth um so yeah it's kind of kind of two ends of the uh spectrum there but uh i i kind of come out of that game knowing what i what i need to clean up and because uh, i play carolina next who i you know is the reigning super bowl champs i'm looking forward to that i beat them in the regular season last year kind of validated the the changes that i had made in the middle of last season um, and and since that point, middle of last season, I've gone seventeen three and one. If we, you know, including that that tie, thanks EA uh, for a formation sub glitch. Thank you very much for that. Um, so I I I felt also pretty a glitch that's been in. around for literally years. Yeah, that's how I found it. <laughs> that's how I found it is because somebody talked about the issue uh, in a post from three years ago. Uh, and, and EA never did anything about it. Apparently, I think it had to do with with an injury I had in practice, and it it may have even predated that because uh, uh, I had a, a few smaller issues with connection in the game before that, uh, where it was just like zeroing out a, a player in, in my formation subs. And when I called that formation, it desynced us, and uh, we played. You know, against the Browns, I played like sixteen quarters worth of football uh counting up like uh, six games that we tried to play and we were basically tied through 16 quarters and so we took that as a tie um since we could never complete it and then the next week when i desynced against uh, indianapolis i'm like okay there's something wrong here because I, I i tried everything i i switched out my modem uh i went wow. without a router Jesus. i went i went wired i went wireless it didn't matter it always happened but it didn't happen also uh, when playing just a random online game. So I knew it was franchise specific issue. And I was, until I found that one random Reddit post uh, that, that saved me, that got my attention. Cause I remembered I was running in practice, uh, a play in practice. And I noticed the number zero in a formation and I'm like, that's weird. And then when I pulled up the, uh, that Reddit post later, I'm like, wait a minute. Good thing. Good thing. I realized that otherwise I may have had to drop out of the league. Yeah, uh, to my by the way, I'm back. Sorry, it's uh, just everything got scuffed, but my PC is working now, so not on a Mac. Um, 
To my understanding, desync issues are an engine in- engine issue too. It's just been so fucked since Frostbite. Like the smallest little thing in game will desync you. It's really it's really frustrating. I've had a controller disconnect, and then the act mm-hmm. of reconnecting it desyncs the entire game. I'm like, ah, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Ever since Frost, I mean, when did Frostbite get introduced? Like four, five. It's like, yeah, ever since Frostbite, I, I feel like it's just you're just asking for twenty bucks every release. So, yeah, it sucks. It, it was funny to see what uh the small little thing you did to change it was just a sub, right? You were just saying with the formation subs. Yeah, just the formation yeah, just, sub. But <laughs> yeah, all I did, I went in and I just it's like one button, like right triggers, like reset formation subs, and I did that, and then I fixed them all back. Spent like a half hour doing it, and then the game played perfect, wow. <laughs> perfectly the just, next time through. Makes makes no sense, but yeah. that's that's what they give us. Sorry about uh, my yeah, Julian. DC. Why don't you go jump back into what you were yes, talking about? I des- I desync from the podcast, unfortunately. Yeah um and yeah i had to reset my formation sub on my pc um no video right now because i'm not gonna fuck with it right now um but yeah so i played a game with the foul my with the falcons i had my one and oh with the falcons i played the steelers um that was a great game um i, I had two game winning drives basically a game winning drive at the end that where there's a minute left to go to the red zone that i had a wide open touchdown that i decided to throw a pick six and then he went up by four when I and when I was he went up by six I think and so I got the ball back again with like 58 seconds and I was able to score with like four seconds left on the third down on the third and goal. Um, it was awesome. It was really fun playing with Felipe Ice as I was calling him for the one week that I had him. Um, it was cool. It was my first. If you know how I play the game, watching the Chiefs the last like two well really the last five seasons I've had them. Um, I don't tend to throw 300-yard games. That's just not how I play Madden. I play a lot of defense, and I like to run the ball. I like to run the option um, in, like, a pistol-type offense. Um, that was my first game this season, 300-plus yards with a quarterback. Uh, it was with the Falcons. And then I immediately left them because Adrian decided to rejoin us, and I wanted to go take the, Fal- uh, take the Patriots. And I just played that game, um, and I got demolished by our good friend Christian. Um, I mean, I had like an hour or two of practice with that team, and they also had like 15 injuries, which I failed to notice um, before <laughs> I took over the team. Who, who was out uh, of the lineup? The entire offense. Oh, okay. Basically. Yeah, both starting receivers and running back. Um, but it's all right. Um, it was fun. I always love playing uh, Christian. He said that we'll run it back again. Um, it's really fun to play with Firth. I don't know about the Firth curse. I mean, he's definitely no Mahomes, but I liked playing with him. He's my new project i'm committed to be his andy reed he's gonna be the moms to my andy reed hopefully um yeah that's it it was uh that was a brutal game i think he put up like 48 on me but yeah, yeah two hours I, in the team so i think it was 48 actually 45 yeah. 45 uh, but who hasn't given up 40 plus points to the the ravens in this year's game i haven't played the ravens yet um i them? just yeah, I just remember telling you that sometime, I think in week one in the chat, I said, well, Jeff, at least I won't get blown up by the Ravens. And well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because uh, it did happen. So, but yeah, um, I'm excited to, you know, learn more about this Patriots team and rebuild them in the offseason, but also still beat you later. So that'll be fun. Yeah, I don't 
know so much about that. I don't have a lot of respect for Dylan Firth. And uh, if we're going to talk about predictions come true, I said that TL would not win two more games with the Patriots, and he won one and then changed teams. So I, I will have I zero. I have I have no comment on that. <laughs> um, I will abstain from commenting. Uh, I don't think I talked about my Steelers game. So I have three weeks to catch up on. I think the last time I spoke, I had just finished with the Jets, um, which was a tight 10-point victory. I lost my first loss of the season to the Steelers. Uh, it was humbling. Uh, you know, we took a lot of the X's and O's and went back to the locker room and tried to figure our stuff out. And uh, I'm confident in a rematch. I, will, I would put in a better effort on defense. But uh, it was great prep for the Cardinals the very next week who were 9-1 and one, and also have a very mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray. And the defense showed up and held him for less than 200 yards passing. Uh, it was a 24-21 to 21 win for the Dolphins. Um, of course, I don't, I don't have enough good things to say about this game, frankly. I hate playing against running quarterbacks because it's hard to feel, especially in this year's game, good. Anytime they just start sprinting out of the pocket, uh, it's incredibly easy to do this year to just roll out and take 15 yards if you have a quarterback of 85 speed uh, or the one ability I won't talk about. Um, and the Cardinals played very respectfully. I have no complaints. He did run for like 70 yards with Murray, but it was very earned. Like it was pocket breakdowns and him escaping and uh, – Ultimately, the game came down to one field goal in the fourth quarter, which I thought I'd missed. Um, it hit, like, something and bounced back, and I guess it was a camera because it counted the points. I thought it hit the bar, um, and that turned out to be yeah. a difference maker. I, I got Murray on a sack for the last play of the game and uh, just kneeled out the clock. And Well, the camera is behind the post, so here's the camera it's in. Yeah, I guess so, but... It didn't look like it. You watch that video. It does not look like it hit the camera. It looks like it hit a bar. It makes a noise like it hit um, a bar. Well. I'm I'm calling that just gamey shit, you know? Like, if the, if the is game has decided that the bar counts as points, then those are just the rules of the game, and everyone can play by the same rules. You know what I mean? Like, if the end zone is actually one yard ahead of where the art asset of the end zone is in Madden, and we're all just playing with that as the line. So I think visually it was confusing, but programming-wise, as, as long as it's consistent week to week, I don't mind. Um, Definitely and then the, uh, you've had a lot of odd stuff in your games this season. You had the interception that went through the receiver that lost uh, you the game, and now you've had can, this. Who can remember all of the buzz? I remember. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and so tonight I played the year. Lions, who were 2-8, and eight, and uh, I didn't do very much prep. I had a headache when the game started, but uh, a large amount of disrespect to Detroit. I did not think it would be a very competitive game. Um, turned out to be a real shootout, and we had my first disconnection of the season in the fourth quarter right as I had was crossing the end zone for a touchdown, which was, like, devastating. I started screaming out loud, no, 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 no. Um, 
And so what we did was we recreated the score and played the second quarter as if it was the fourth quarter. Uh, and ultimately, my first and only turnover of the game, which was a user lurk by me, uh, sealed it for me. I had a, a I think, 11-point lead, and then he got a miracle touchdown with 20 seconds left, and I took an onside kick and kneeled it out for the first half win, at which point we then just ran on each other in the second half to chew up the clock and get the hell out. But, annoyingly, in the first game, the real game, I had no injuries. And then in the second game, I lost four starters uh, in the first half, and one of them is for three weeks. And uh, that's no bueno, because it means in, in you know when we started playing again, I didn't have my starting defensive end uh, or offensive lineman for what was our fourth quarter. Um, which really pissed me off. Uh, and then the offensive lineman, Lael Collins, I lost for the next three games, which totally blows because that is the hmm. Bears, the Packers, and the Ravens. Hmm. Ouch. Inter- yeah. Interesting. Well, it's not like the league has been talking about injuries and then someone's been waving it off. Yeah, but I'm not annoyed he got injured. I'm annoyed that he got injured in a redo in the first quarter of it where we were just re- like recreating the score and it didn't even count. Like, it was yeah, it before sucks, we started playing for real. It sucks, but that is football, as they say. No, it's not. You're not listening not to the order of the words, I'm saying. <laughs> it's like warm-ups I have no before the game. Um, yes, but that brings us to our first topic, and I have a special voice clip to play here to introduce it. What do you all think about how to recreate a game scenario do? while still making the stats look at realisticity, including interceptions, etc. Yaha. That comes from Chris, which is why I used an Australian recording to play it back for the audience. Um, and I think that's interesting because he was concerned that the way we played the first quarter, where we were just bombing passes, uh, was skewing the stats. And ultimately, I'm very confident actually having done the math that the stats ended up being very close to the original uh, within like 20 yards of the original with almost the same exact amount of time remaining. But it's an interesting idea of like what should people be doing to restore a score without skewing stats in a game where you're not really playing. Pasta, what do you think? Well, I, you know, when you guys first started, I didn't know what your plan was. Uh, so I was like, well, that's going to screw up my charts, um, all the uh, all the yards you're putting up there. But uh, but then in the end, I think you kind of evened it out with the running. Um, it's never going to be perfect. Obviously, you were trying to uh, get to a scenario similar to the end of the game, uh, what you guys were going to have. Uh, it's never it's never going to feel right because you know, every everything that happens before, whether it's the injuries you mentioned or fatigue or just the rhythm that people are in is so different um that's why every every time like i would have a disconnect or a desync and we'd start a game and it's just like one one play can set everything totally on a on totally different path so you guys worked together to do it and i think that made uh made sense how it ended up working out um but it's we do have a rule that covers this but I, i i'm open to the criticism on it and it doesn't actually specify what to do to recreate a score, but it says, ultimately it says, you know, whatever you come up with with you and your opponent will be allowed as long as you agree to it. Um, and 
the other option, if you disagree, is you recreate the score and take the start of a quarter, whatever the last quarter was, as like a save point, uh, like a save state. And that's what we ultimately chose to do this time. Um, I also have seen people just play the whole game again. I've done that before, too. Um, mm. It gets a little trickier in the playoffs when people are like really tense and high anxiety about it. Uh, but the the way to recreate is not brought up. Now, in this particular situation, which I do not want to get bogged down on this game, um, because ultimately, I did, as I said, I did the math and the difference in the end uh, at the start of our makeup quarter was 11 passing yards for the Dolphins and 23 passing yards for Detroit, which I think is like a negligible difference between what we did to recreate it and what the actual event was. Um, it also was a plus one touchdown for Detroit and plus one interception for, or minus one interception for the Dolphins. So you could make those arguments. But uh, again, I am talking in a more general sense of what would you do? So let's say, let's say it's not that close. Let's say it was uh, 150 yards more passing for the Dolphins and 200 yards rushing for Detroit. Uh, I'm just going in any direction now. But um, obviously that would not feel as good. And I think Chris was more upset with the optics of us throwing 11 straight touchdowns for 80 yards at a time, even if the math ultimately worked out the same. Uh, so what would be the way to perceive an offense in that way? Should you just be like punting to the 50 to limit yards or um punt returns where people pull away like what's what's the even measure Somebody I don't, I don't know yeah I don't I don't know I don't know if there's a, a any way that's going to be perfect uh you just yeah. kind of have to accept some of the some of the variances that are going to come in that um like you know I've had thoughts before not on the recent issues but thoughts before where you're just you're just trying to get back to the situation you were in the stats look like, yeah, it's, it sucks if the stats are skewed a little bit, but in the end, I mean, in over the course of now a 17 game season, a hundred yards here, there's, it's not going to like determine anything as far sure, as award. But week to week. We have awards and yeah. at least to some extent, we know that dev upgrade opportunities come after some big games. Um, that's not a guarantee, but it happens more often after a big game than, nothing game or like a bench yeah, but game. there's 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 no perfect way to do it and ultimately i think the integrity of like win loss is more important than than awards or stats right like having a having a, a the recreation for the actual game to determine a real winner and a real loser and the integrity of that i think is way more important ultimately than the stats to be honest i mean unless you unless you guys are going in having like 600 yards passing you know i mean like 400 yards passing something insane i mean that then, was yeah i mean what happened here yeah Jeff what, was, was, gonna what, have to what was the final totals so i mean there was no f original total because the fourth yeah. quarter didn't complete but the original you guys were game, lighting it up yeah you guys were lighting it up yeah that, it was though. a real it was a real trade back and forth i think the score when the disconnect happened was 42 to 35 37 uh, was, yeah well you couldn't see it on the stream but i had just walked into the end zone yeah, um, yeah yeah so 
Oh, or you're saying it was 37 because I had. 30. Yeah, he was up. He was up 37, 35 when the stream died. Okay. And then you you got your touchdown. Okay. Um, so the original totals, and this is gonna be hard because I hate saying numbers on stream, but uh, the original totals with seven minutes remaining at the time of the disconnect was mm -hmm. the Dolphins had 409 passing yards and five touchdowns, um, and Detroit had 358 passing yards and five touchdowns. Seven minutes remaining. In our redo, we had 7 minutes 48 seconds remaining because we tried to do it as close to the start of the fourth quarter as possible. Miami had 398 yards uh, and five touchdowns. So same number of touchdowns, a difference of yards uh, of 11 yards. And I also threw an interception in the original game, which we did not recreate. Mm -hmm. I regret that now, but it just didn't come up in the conversation, and we forgot. It's also hard to force in Well, you can, <laughs> I guess. I think we have a, a certain co-host <laughs> on this show who would disagree with that. <laughs> I think sometimes, sometimes I, if you try to throw an interception, I, I don't know. Like you can just lob it or like into the, double coverage, well, and someone yeah, comes down. Yeah, well, if it. you if you see that if you see that clip that uh Pasta posted two two weeks ago. Of me when I tried to throw an interception for a punt, ended up completing like a sixty-yard yeah. bomb when I had four people on me. So I mean, it's kind of hard actually. I um, did have Jeff, a crazy Jalen Waddle catch in the yeah. original game that you know. These get stats are now. not that different. These stats are not that different. We're talking about eleven yards. Really, well, between, so this is and and the twenty-three yards. In fairness, in fairness to the complaint, uh, these are the stats where the game would have disconnected. So I think okay. they line up very closely. Now, the fourth yeah. quarter didn't conclude in the original, so we can't compare that. But okay. in the, the... Only, like to me, the only issue uh, with, with the stats really out of that was that your rec your receivers averaged like 70 yards a reception. Yeah, sure. I guess that's, for your rack charts, they don't that's like where that. Become, yeah, yeah, that's where it becomes um, The um, final listen. for the game was, I think, 506 passing yards for Detroit and 484 for Miami. Um, we both had another touchdown after these stats occurred. Uh, I think the concern is really about awards because it is in all likelihood going to go to, for both of us on offense, going to go to one of our guys. And I saw at least one game, uh, Jacksonville-Denver, happening tonight where there's definitely competition for player of the week. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was really close as far as an example goes from original to redo. Uh, but my question, because I would be mad. I would be mad if, if I was watching and I saw, you know, Trevor Lawrence had 100 yards passing in a disconnect, and then they traded 500 yards passing to yeah, skew the result. So I understand do do? the complaint, but it's really hard to – it's really it's really hard. Like, again, the, like I said, the integrity of the win-loss is, like, the most important. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you do punt to the 50 every every, every other drive or whatever, but – um, I think it's one of those things that we have to accept that hey, Madden sometimes sucks and it disconnects when? and desyncs and we'll do we'll do the the best of our ability. But yeah, I think it's really hard to create a perfect scenario in a rule book to describe how to deal with uh, disconnects and remakes. Rather, I mean, you guys did your best. So uh, I mean, that's well, all, I don't that's know. You, you know, really you're say. you're taking the opposite side, but I'm kind of thinking you should try and recreate whatever stats you can remember now. You know, if I had a 200-yard rushing game, I'd probably want to recreate that as much as a 400-yard Yeah, I mean, my, I'm also someone that doesn't really care about stats, so maybe that's just me. Uh, but I, I get the perspective of, like, progression from awards, but, again, like, 
I think the integrity of who won and who lost is the most important. Yeah, and the so. the amount of coordination you would need to uh, get everything <laughs> everything right, like okay. Now I need to get this guy three more catches, and I yeah. need to get this running back two two more rushes. But he needs twelve yards, not eighteen, not seven. Like it, it, you just it, you're never going to get it right on. I think I think if you can get in the ballpark, that's that's yeah. pretty good for the uh, for the extra effort you have to actually do and the time you have to spend to do it. Yeah, I feel like the only way to force realistic stats is to say in the rule book you are forced to replay no matter what, which I think is something you do not want. No, because people, I mean, it takes a lot emotionally out of you to play a tight game. For... Especially when there's two minutes left, right? Yeah. Or yeah. in, in Pasta's case, play a tight game for 15 quarters, 16 quarters? 17 quarters. <laughs> Dude, it was so draining, man. <laughs> like, because uh, it, it was, you know, against a good player and we're, we're battling and just every, it was like four or five out of the six times it, it desynced in the third quarter. So we had already played it. But we were like, you know, half of them, I had a bit of an advantage, half he did. And it's like, we're, you know, eventually maybe one of these games are going to work and then one of us mm -hmm. are going to feel screwed yeah. after that. So I was like, you know, after the sixth try in the you know, 16th quarter, I was like, you know, I'm going to, and I spent like four hours trying to uh, engineer a tie, which is really difficult against the CPU, actually, <laughs> um, because they will do, you know, I, I, Oh, man, I must have went through like 30 attempts because somebody would get injured, so I'd restart. Right. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't want yeah. the Browns to wish, to wish lose we'd their... have done that in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could have, you could have. Um, yeah, and then I had one it. time, yeah, one time where I got to overtime, and uh, I was in position to basically uh, almost kneel it out and leave it in the tie. And uh, my guy, my running back fumbled. <laughs> they, kicked, they kicked the field goal as time expired. And I was like, just miss it. And I just started over. But eventually, I actually got it like perfect where the stat, the stats were actually really good. Like Chubb had like a 75-yard run because at one point, I decided, you know what, super simming most of the, like the first three quarters and just like jumping in to strategically like not, uh, not score on certain drives and things like that. Um, and it ended up with our stats were actually pretty representative of what we had been doing. So it worked out, but man, it was, uh, it was, um, yeah, emotionally draining from quarter one to mm -hmm. quarter, like 60, I ended up playing <laughs> computer. I will generally speaking, I will almost always agree to replay an entire game because I like to play the game as much as I hate to play the game. Um, so only the most extreme situations will I opt for recreation. Um, this was the Lions' choice this time. I, I was game to play again. But uh, the one extreme example was I was playing, I don't remember who the owner was, but the Browns in a playoff game, and there was like four minutes left, and I was driving the field, and I was down two or something really close, and he had like a really significant injury in the game. So even when we recreated, I'm like, you can't put that lineman back in. We got we to gotta replay this game. And I was a real bitch about it. Uh, I ended up losing that game, um, but I, I think I would have won had we not disconnected. I had a lot of momentum, but that's all. That's all fan. Yeah, well, uh, that's another thing. That's another thing. Uh, you can't re you can't recreate the um, you know the perfect situation with the the new momentum meter either, can you? Oh, I hadn't even thought um, about actual momentum. Yeah. I meant like my yeah. own personal momentum. But you're right. Now yeah. that that's a factor in the game, you can't even. Re it's hard to recreate. Like, there's too many scenarios. Um, so I just think you have to do 
you just literally have to go by what the score says, and then you just have to try your best. Like, I understand the argument about... Uh, I, I can't remember who complained, but I understand the argument. Um, I, it, maybe the wards, you know, get skewed for a week, but, I mean, it just is what it is. It's maybe it's game is... I don't. I don't even pay attention to that. I don't Neither. know. Neither. I don't I, even, I don't care about Oh, you're stress, just above personally. it. Okay. You're all above yeah. it. No, it's just I just want to win the game. That's all I care about. <laughs> There's stats that I care about. It's yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm not going to Oh, yeah, I true. I don't ever think I'm <laughs> going to put up like player of the week type stats. That's not how I, you know, maybe on defense, but not on offense. And on so defense it's more is if like you get lucky. I've I've never no control on defense. If I'm you trying know, you to, have to get, get an six award. interceptions in a single yeah. game, there's no XP boosting the defense because <laughs> I suck at defense. It's whatever the computer decides to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you get you get screwed because the Texans have four interceptions by one player. Or yeah, the only, the, only, the, the only thing that I feel like I would like feel a compelling, uh, like I would feel like a, a large amount of empathy for would be like. Someone has already gotten their dev upgrade, and then you have to recreate. It's like holy shit, that really sucks. Like, I mean, if they actually, actually like, earned it, I feel like a, I feel like a commissioner can step in and just give yeah. it to them, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say. Um, I feel like no one, unless you're having a really bad day in the league, would disagree with giving that person their dev trait, right? So. I don't know. Something happened with Nico Collins and the Texans. I remember. I don't remember the circumstances, but there was Is that something... the former guy quit. The no, former... that was the current Texans. I just don't remember. Oh, no, Nico Collins, Nico... the player. Oh, the player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't remember the circumstances anymore, but I don't think we were super helpful. I think we gave him the dev upgrade, but he didn't get like a bunch of XP because we couldn't control that. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, you can't control that. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get you get your upgrade and you get a massive amount of. Oh, I points. think it was a sim. I think they played the game. It was a blowout. Nico Collins got everything. It disconnected, and they did a sim win, but they couldn't give him what he needed in the sim, so we just gave him a dev upgrade. Um, yeah, sometimes you get that upgrade, and then you get like a bunch of points with it. Yeah, and then it's but like, you know, I'd recreate package. anything in a recreation. Like I did throw a pick in this game to Noah Igbenogany, and mm -hmm. if he had reminded me, I would have targeted Noah Igbenogany to throw another pick. It just didn't come yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I understand. I understand that perspective. I'll do what's requested. Personally, personally, don't care about stats, but I understand the perspective. But as long as the win loss, which affects the whole season the most, honestly, is accurate depending on how the game was going, then that's all that really matters to me. All right, let's let's move on. We're thirty-five minutes into this podcast now, um, <laughs> and we're through our introductions. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we made a change. I made a change. We, the royal we, the league we, um, in that the way our structure works, oh, God damn it, Julian. Every time you turn your camera off, it screws up the order of the names, and I have to redo it, and I hate you for it. Uh, so we uh, that, made, was, that was Discord this time. The way the governmental system uh, works here is we have an elected dictatorship. So uh, at the midpoint, or the beginning of season three, I think it is, we have, no, it's... I think it's season one and four, actually. So there's concurrency with the next game. Anyway, we have an election yeah, one and four. for commissioner, which in recent memory, we have not uh, had anyone run against me, which I don't know why anyone would. This job sucks. Uh, and uh, <laughs> frankly, it's exhausting. But um, yes, <laughs> that is the only democratic process we have. There is sometimes a referendum vote, but there's no like 
rule for when that happens exactly. It's still on the dictator to call for it. Um, and to help me with smaller tasks and with uh, sharing of opinions, let's say, on controversial topics, you know, advisory stuff, I have asked some people to step in and help me and be assistant commissioners. Um, this is a powerless position that is fully meant just to talk to me and talk me out of uh, deleting escape artists in the middle of the night when I am at my <laughs> angriest. Uh, so I decided to open up one of those to be an elected position. So, you know, it's still by appointment. I can get rid of the other two uh, at a moment's notice. So watch your backs. Um, but I decided to replace one with an elected one. So we'll have uh, an election every preseason to determine anyone who wants to step in there and volunteer to be voted on. This season, we have two people who have volunteered so far. Uh, we're going to vote this weekend. Julian, I am not going to let you uh, stump speech because that would not be fair to Nick. But Julian is, is one of the volunteers. And uh, what was I getting at? I don't remember anymore. I was just and, explaining that whole process, and, I guess. And, and, and Nick is the other one. Yeah, I said I said Nick's name. Okay. But I like anyway. the idea that I like the idea that the room was nominating people and they have to take the position if nominated. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought that's how it was, and then Jeff just hates fun. So yeah, I hate fun and forcing he, people who don't want a job to do it. Yes. Yeah. So when he's up for re-election, just remember that he hates fun. Just remember that. That's my um, slogan, actually. <laughs> I hate fun. Of course, we all hate, of course, we all hate fun because we play Madden, right? We all hate fun. Right. We all so. enjoy pain and hate fun. <laughs> um, you you mentioned earlier that Adrian has come back uh, as yes. you switched to the Falcon from the Falcons to the Patriots. Uh, the Falcons then became open again. I very briefly informed someone new that they had a team uh, and yanked it away very rudely, but um, they will well, be invited back soon, I'm sure. As... Oh, so I'm sure a team will open up. Yeah, we need, we need a stat. We need a stat for that. The frequency of teams opening up in Madden 22. I say every like five uh, weeks. Yeah, it really does feel like that. So it's definitely higher than 21. I feel like. Yeah, but as a condition of Adrian's return, he will be spinning the wheel, much like Brian did last week. Uh, so I will be loading up the wheel here in a minute. And um, Julian, you felt that I. Uh, I had put him on blast during the last show. So if you would like to take this time while I prepare the wheel <laughs> to perhaps uh, reframe what you think he did uh, from someone's opinion that did not want to punish them. Well, I mean, you just, you just put me on blast. I mean, I didn't agree with the punishment, but I accept the judgment because that's what the, that's, you know, that's how we have it. Yeah, that's what we do in the league. If you don't, you don't agree, you accept, right? Um, I mean, or yeah. appeal, or appeal. Yeah, I mean, we've sort of already agreed that uh, the wheel will now people should get warnings before the wheel. So it would have been cool if we'd done that before, and maybe we'd avoid this whole situation. But you know, I don't can't fault. Not, you know, we're not all perfect people. The commissioners definitely aren't either. So, um, uh, yeah, that Adrian, is not the opinion I, of this office, and uh, only okay, the opinion well, of Julian. That. That was uh, in your favor. So, um, so you want me to talk about what he did? Well, yeah, Adrian was running a style well, from, from your perspective because you felt that I miscategorized it. 
Uh, I just don't... Okay, well, I feel like you miscategorized it because I don't think the way his offense was ran was that horrible. Um, I mean, obviously, he could have used some, maybe just some other formations here and there, but I am of the opinion that running different uh, personnel and different sets inside the same formation is ver- is a variation and is uh, changing up. And also, I'm of the I'm of the opinion that running calling audibles, depending on what the defense gives you, is uh, also changing it up. You know, Peyton Manning made a career out of it. Um, but neither here nor there. Um, the the reason he's spinning the wheel is because we the league had felt that it was not you know changing it up too much. And to be fair to Jeff and the commissioners, that has been something that they've been on top of. I mean, a few people got removed since I joined for not changing up their play style. So um and had repeated warnings now again i think he deserved a warning before the spiel, the wind the spinning of the wheel but that's still in line with sort of how you guys are moderating you guys are always looking for that even if i disagree with that this was met that criteria it's still on brand thank so, you julian yeah uh yeah. so certain things are going to be removed from the wheel after this spin but to keep consistency with brian's spin it has gone unaltered i have been Yes, uh, I was going to say that. Remove... Is it, does it still have this? <laughs> it still, it still well, has I... no punishment, and it still has spin okay. again. Uh, both of those yes. will be removed after this. As that is fair. I've been told they are wasteful. Wasteful. They definitely are. Wheel. They definitely are. You should all have punishments, in my opinion, if you're going to punish someone. But it is only fair that these have them. These are also no punishment, at least available, because Brian and, spun the wheel fairly as well. And spin again. That's fun, I think. It's like yes. the the guillotine comes down, but yeah. someone like holds it at the last second. Yeah, it's just go, like okay, okay, okay. <laughs> seriously, we're going through the town a second time. We're gonna throw more <laughs> tomatoes at you for shame. Yeah, yeah. All right, we ready? I got it up. I got it queued up. Let's see what it is. Uh, Julian, as representative, how many spins should I click on the wheel? Five. Let's that's, do five. Okay, that's a lot. Okay, four. One, two, three, four, five. I think it makes it. a sound, but I don't actually know if it does. It is spinning. It's slowing. It's slowing. We have a one million salary cap penalty for two seasons. Oh, that's not terrible at all. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, for the Falcons, it might be. They are already at what's their cap situation right now? <laughs> that, well, I mean, that can't. Does that start now? It's meant to. It's meant to be this season and next season. Well, I mean, the guy has negative, or the guy has point oh oh, you know, one cent of cap space. Okay. Uh, let's talk about this off podcast. I think <laughs> not as bad as it could have been. I would say Cer- one certainly not. In the grand, yeah, one million in the grand scheme of things, not too shabby. Not too shabby. Hey, it's you know, he would have he would have paid a million bucks to get Corderell Patterson, like. Cordero Patterson, like, you know, 75 touchdowns in the season. True. So, and he's That's well, well on that, his way. That was, but to be fair, that was also, you know, Arthur Quinn's strategy or Arthur Smith's strategy in real life. So, not too, not actually done off brand for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. No. So, uh, all he, right, let's do he it. Had to be, yeah, he had to be creative. I, I, I never I had do not, I do not begrudge him his creativity only how it manifests right uh, and this is what my post post was yeah my post in the discord was basically that you know it's 
I think strategically it made sense. And, you know, I had to play against it in the playoffs without really having been able to scout that, uh, which made things really difficult on me. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the greater question was not really if that's the wrong thing to do, because I think in an ultra competitive environment, if you're playing like in an online tournament or an e you know, esports or something, go for it. It's just whether that fit kind of the style and the, you know, the, the fun nature we want. Yeah, we want I just take. I I begrudge the characterization that it's an onliner thing because it feels like people that say that have never played online because onliners don't apply uh, actual football strategy. Remember, Adrian's an actual football coach. If you guys don't know that, um, and actually can read a defense, and onliners just cheese. They just they do things based on animation. They don't do things based on personnel and like knowledge like it's knowledge of the game like how how to how to glitch the offensive line how to glitch the defense's reaction like that's onliner shit and playing defense in a way that makes the offensive line not react or running certain screens to make it to where someone's just wide open like that's that's online well, play so one of, I, the, I begrudge... one of the rules he did break was exactly what you just described though well i begrudge the idea that audibling um and doing five wide variations and responding to personnel is an onliner thing because that's just a knowledge of football thing. It's not an onliner. There's no glitch or animations or anything like that involved. With that. I don't want now, to get bogged down this again you're... because well, it'll be the rest of the hour, but you're yeah, saying you're, some things that are not accurate to what the situation is. I understand your argument is that he snaps the ball too fast, but if even if you give the two or three seconds, the play is still effective in my opinion. No, I... But... I, re I, re I refuse to make this the topic of the show. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're moving on to the trade deadline, which will take an hour okay to itself. Um, and for the purposes of this, I'm only talking about trades that happen in the calendar month of February, which uh, should be about 10 days worth of trades, human days. You have them all? I, ha I'm, I have it open, uh, and I will share the link with you so you guys can get a, a quick... Boy, I'll tell you what, those Kansas City Chiefs were busy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Busy trading, what are you doing? trading their owner too. Uh, so first up, we have the Patriots and the Eagles, uh, who agreed to trade. And this was the previous Patriots, who have now moved to the Saints. They traded Shaq Mason, left tackle, uh, to the Eagles for Jason Kelsey and a no-name wide receiver who was just for roster minimums. Um, the trade here being Jason Kelsey, 34 years old, a risk to retire perennially. Let's say. Uh, didn't, and... he threaten it? didn't he threaten to retire? Uh, didn't he threaten to retire? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> you don't click on those, though. Yeah. Um, he did, though. He did. And I said, why did you click? He didn't know. This is one <laughs> of the issues. So. Kelsey's a much better lineman, like, variety-wise. Uh, what do you want to call it? Rounded. Um, but Shaq Mason's youth ultimately wins the day here, and I think it's a very even trade. Uh, and exactly what I told the Eagles to do, which was uh, don't get into a retirement nightmare because three of your offensive linemen are 33 or older. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we have the Buccaneers who traded first round quarterback Sam Thorne and a first round draft pick to the Green Bay Packers for Jordan Love minutes before extending Tom Brady another season. Uh, <laughs> That was an interesting uh, one from his perspective. Um, I can't say, well, really. I think Jordan Love is a very good quarterback. I myself kicked kicked the wheels on that boy. Uh, in Madden, anyway, he's a very good quarterback. Who's to say in real life? Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, if this is your franchise quarterback, that's probably worth it. Uh, but you also have Tom Brady under contract for two seasons now. He's not ever going to retire, and he's an X-Factor. So, I don't know. I don't know if I would make that move. Especially how well the Bucks just drafted um, with first-round draft picks. and just gave one up. Yeah, I mean, he tried to move Tom Brady. And I also think he's trying to ho- he's hoping that, you know, he retires next season. Um, he I mean, could make that happen unlikely. for him by not extending him. That's the same as him retiring. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I like Jordan Love too. I think he's good. He's a great quarterback in this game. Um, is he? Is he? He's still playing Tom Brady, right? Yep. He's, he's still, still starting Tom. Interesting. Uh, Jordan has a couple of pass attempts, but not many. And Sam Thorne, for what it's worth, sixty-nine overall. He was not a bust, but he was not a standout of the quarterback class either. Um. And eventually he became a saint. So we'll get we'll get there though. Yeah, I mean whatever. Like Justin's winning games, so let the madness roll. Is mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say the Bucks. The Bucks are like stacked with talent, but I don't really get a sense. There's like a cohesive plan with them. There's no offensive like it, coordinator. <laughs> yeah, they're just like throw all these really talented players out there and think it's going to work. And I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen that. Like he was better last season or at least record wise. I mean, I haven't played him. Uh, well, season. season one, we also changed the settings multiple times. Who's to say yeah. how much he's still seven. He's seven, four, right. Eight, four, something like that. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. He's not slouching, but he was dominant yeah. or for most of six, the first five season. around there. Six, five, seven, four, six, around four. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, of course, we're also overlooking that the Buccaneers were the best team in the game in the first season, like default roster. So he's remade this roster uh, more than we're giving him credit for. Uh, the very next day, Sam Thorne traded from the Packers, along with right tackle John Runyon, <laughs> to the Saints for backup quarterback Ian Adams, right tackle Landon Young, Young 64 overall, and the Saints second round pick. So it seems like Jordan Love was traded for a first-round pick and a second-round pick uh, at the end of the day because of the way this flipped. I don't really believe Ian Adams or Landon Young are considered assets by uh, the Packers, and they also gave up a decent right tackle in the process. So uh, probably worth it from a cap perspective and... Uh, draft capital perspective for the Packers, but I don't think it's like a wild victory um, for one of the better backup quarterbacks available. Although uh, he's got Andrew Garfield or Ian Garfield has been starting most of the year for Green Bay, and he's a rookie too. So uh, I guess he has that situation. So that Rodgers throwing animation, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to... Yeah, to to my understanding, the way I... At least unless my eyes deceive me. Uh, okay, next day we have our first undone trade, sadly. Uh, the Cowboys sent left tackle Braden Smith, former Patriot, to the Chargers for a first-round pick. The I believe it was the Rams' first-round pick. Um, however, the Chargers could not clear enough cap space to make this a reality and mm-hmm. would have had to have cut Keenan Allen uh, to make it happen, really, which... Ultimately, he did not do. Uh, he also tried to trade him, but there were no takers. Uh, so this one fell apart in the end. Um, do, 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 do. The next day, we have the Washington Warrens robbing the Philadelphia Eagles blind. Uh, 
the Washington Warns receive cornerback Darius Slay, and the Eagles receive cornerback Brandon Swainju and a fourth-round draft pick. And I believe we will be talking about this trade for the next 15 minutes. Pasta? <laughs> And I, you know, I made a great sales pitch on this one, and I, I don't, I don't see your angle on this, because uh, I, so I gave up uh, the corner who is a young star corner, uh, star development, and he will be cheap for the Eagles for every season we're playing. So the main sales pitch to him, he, he had already given up on the season. If you look at his roster, he has uh, now two, now two star young corners plus two veteran corners that he, he really didn't have a need for slay and slay was sitting on his roster at 23 million dollars mm. right so he cleared off uh i think with the with a little bit of a cap hit he'll he'll have cleared like 18 million next season plus he replaced the corner so i think it was actually a a smart move for him i wouldn't have proposed it if i didn't think that um now for me i upgraded my outside corner with slay uh absolutely but i am paying him a lot of money uh so but i wanted i wanted that second kind of dangerous corner to 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 make people uh second guess throwing on the outside uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what, how does it feel to rob the mentally handicapped oh come on man he's totally right he's paying him 23 22 here's, million here's my real here's my real issue pasta and you're under no obligation to give the best deal uh available across the board my problem is you shopped this same offer to me, and when you gave yeah. it to me, it included a, a player of great value that no longer was included in the yeah. deal to the Eagles. The big biggest difference, the guy I wanted from your team was being paid $6 million, not 23. That's why I was including, uh, at the time, Montez Sweat in the offer, because if you uh, your corner that I wanted... Um, more valuable than Slay at that corner, eighty-six rated at um, at six million. Far more valuable than Slay at twenty-something million. Mm. Um, so that's you know, Slay so absolutely is, is sixteen and a half because of uh, the roster bonus eaten, and he has yeah. X Factor abilities. Slay totally. does. Yes, I totally agree. No, with no, he Austin. doesn't. Sorry, sorry, he had it in season one. Uh, he no yeah, longer he's does, just but Daddy still shows it. Yeah. I think sometimes people in our wonderful league forget that money does play a factor in trades and value. It's the same reason why I originally was sent two first-round picks for Najee Harris to win the Chiefs, because it's like, cost me a sandwich for a superstar guy for four seasons. I'll give up two first-round picks for that, you know what I mean? Like, it's because he's so cheap. Same way around. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to give you, you know, a cheaper option but I'm going to take on this huge contract for you. And you're going to open up 20 million space next season. If you look at, God, I want, I want to know the stat on this, but like there's probably less than 15 teams going into next season that have like a lot of cap space to move in the off season. Like everyone's cap strapped, especially this last season. So it's a really big commodity. So I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, he gets a huge upgrade. He's paying $22 million. Yeah. And it was uh, absolutely when you look at it and you factor in the money and you you talk about like leverage, the Eagles had no leverage on any trades be, uh, for Slay because I was the only team that could that could take on his salary. Eh, I had the only one who approached him. I had yeah, well yeah, I was the only one that could do it. 
Nobody yeah, else could three, say I'll take there's three Darius teams Slay. with cap space. Yeah, there's three teams with cap space. <laughs> uh, it was the same thing with Keenan Allen, which you mentioned. Uh, I at one yeah. point did make an offer to the Chargers, but it was like I offered like a, a fifth round pick because there's nobody else can can take that 19 million. I saved, I specifically saved 20 million dollars so that I could do that at the trade yeah. deadline, find somebody that needed to move salary, mm-hmm. and then I could use that. Uh, to yep. get a player I want. This is this is just like real life. And I understand we're, you know, friendly, you know, uh, friendly league with sportsmanship, but money's money. You know what I mean? Like cap space is super valuable. And sometimes you're going to get less for a really good player because you are in desperate need to remove them because you need you need to offload them. That's just yeah, how it is. I agree with all of this. Uh, next trade, uh, we have the Green <laughs> okay. Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they... Packers sent A.J. Dillon, running back, 78 overall, and a 2024 second-round pick, 2024 being next year's draft, not this year's. Uh, And running back Tony Pollard was sent from the Chiefs to the Packers. So an exchange of skill sets and a draft pick. Uh, Julian, as the previous Chiefs owner who made this agreement, perhaps you could speak to the mindset. This play style, I'm very obsessed with power backs. Um... I built that roster I had. At the time, I had Najee, A.J. Dillon, and then a, a star hidden dev uh, guy I got in the sixth round. He's like 71, ever, uh, 71 overall, and he was a speedback. Um, Pollard is actually one of the better speedbacks in the game. I heard some people poo-poo him, but uh, he's pretty good speedback. Uh, AC prefers, prefers speedbacks. I value A.J. Dillon. He's one of my actual – he's like one of my favorite running backs in the game, actually. Um, I will be coming for him. I'm putting that on record next season. Um, just, you know, open up your wallets, Chiefs. I'm going to be knocking. Um, and, yeah, so it was just an exchange of, uh, well, before, I didn't know I was going to move from the Chiefs, so also I was thinking about potentially setting up for next season because I knew Najee had a lot of suitors. So I was like, well, let me see if I can finish out with Najee. And I ended up dealing with him anyways. But at the time, I was like, maybe I can go in the offseason. I got a really good running back in AJ Dillon, who's star who's got pretty similar stats to Najee. I like him. Um, and then maybe I can move Najee. And he's also cheap, also on a rookie deal. Maybe I can move Najee in the offseason um, for more capital and then just make Dylan my feature back or have two really cheap, really good feature power backs. It's good um, to have choices. Yeah. So that was an options play. I wasn't using Pollard. I totally didn't fit my offense anymore. He fit my 21 offense, but not this offense. So, And AC wanted him. So we exchanged. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good trade. To be honest. Cool. Uh, next up, another trade uh, with the Chiefs. This one coming a few hours later, I believe, uh, where the Chiefs traded Legarius Sneed. Legarius Sneed, yes. Was that necessary? Legarius <laughs> hey, Sneed. He did that. He's he not did listening to the joke. podcast. Well, it's a joke because that's what he does. He always, right. he always. Just for that, me. I'm gonna make you say the tight end's name. How about that, Lejarius <laughs> Need? Do you know if that's right? Yes, I do. No, you don't. Uh, Lejarius Need and tight end Connor Rollins for Mike Jasicki and Isaiah Rogers. Chiefs, take us through. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's just flipping uh, Sneed for a tight end who also fits my play style. 
um, a really speedy cornerback. Um, I already had another trade that you'll see later for a replacement for Snead, who is very similar stats, just, just a little older, um, who's also a star corner. Um, so I and with a on the very long term contract. Very long term contract. Um, I had that already in the bank. I flipped Snead and I was like, let me get Gasecki um, because he's an 88 overall tight end. He's like a top five tight end, top four tight end, to my understanding. Um, and then I also had eyes on another tight end. So I was like, if I get Kaseki, maybe I can use him to get another deal for the actual tight end that I wanted, which I ended up doing anyways. So it all worked out. And I got Isaiah Rogers, who's like 94 speed, um, which is always valuable. Yes, he's so. 94 over 93 speed acceleration. Yeah, yeah, which is always valuable. So it was another flip for pretty good pieces for my play style. Pretty big cap hit to the Steelers, um, which with the previous owner, I had I had traded Jasicki to... Uh, the Steelers, and then I was like, actually, I want him back, but they had extended yeah, him. Yeah, he approached me for that trade, actually, and then I was like, well, it was a different a owner sense. at the time. That was yeah. Robert, who I was approaching. Yes. I didn't dare approach Jennings, because every trade he sent me made me like, want to jump off a cliff. <laughs> well, he sent me this trade, and I was like, I thought about it for like two hours, and I was like, this makes a lot of sense, and then I could just see the pathways. It was like Eagle Vision, if you've ever played Assassin's Creed. That's how I do trades. Eagle so. Vision. Alright, next yeah. up, uh, <laughs> we have a different team. The Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England <laughs> Patriots, where I'm Kansas, City, Kansas City sent wide receiver T. Higgins, 80 overall, uh, to New England for cornerback Trey Flowers and a 2023 second-round pick, which ironically now means that you have T. Higgins and you don't have a second-round pick. Yeah, I just did that because I wanted T. Higgins when I was going to switch over to the Patriots, you know? Um, yeah. No, Brilliant. I mean, I was... <laughs> T. Higgins actually doesn't fit my play style at all for the Chiefs. So I was looking to move him. I was fortunate enough to draft uh, a hidden dev receiver in the third round and then a really good stats bronze receiver in the second round. So I was starting them. T. Higgins put him on the market. I needed another corner. Got a second round pick out of it. Yeah, just made a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm starting to get a pattern that the people on this podcast made a lot of deadline trades as the next one is the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> and the Washington Warrens. Exchange quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick for a 2024, again, that's next year, sixth round pick. I mean, what can I say? Fitz magic. Need a backup for Mahomes. I mean, yeah. It, it, I, was, I was surprised I did not get uh, more interest in, in Fitzpatrick because I, uh, just like the Stafford deal, this is the whole reason why I offered Matt Stafford a cheap contract for four million bucks. Um, because Fitzpatrick had taken a cheap contract from me the the previous season, where it said he wanted like sixteen million, I offered him three and he took it. So that that's the what gave me the whole idea. Uh, and so there's a number of teams who didn't don't really have a good backup, or some teams that had uh, starters that really that Fitzpatrick would have been an upgrade on. And he, he was three million bucks actually. Actually, with the cap penalty, he was only two million bucks. Um, and I couldn't get anybody to bite on him. It was really strange because uh, if I dropped him, then he would have asked for wanted some extra more. Million. Yeah, yeah, wanted more money. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was happy just to send him to someone because I was going to have to cut him, and it felt like a waste if I was going to do that. I've been yeah. in, I've I mean, been in that exact scenario before uh, with Fitzpatrick, even as he was a former Dolphin. Um, yeah, okay. I was just really worried about Mahomes getting injured because I had like 10 injuries on the Chiefs, too. And I, was I don't like, know why. Well, Quarterbacks don't get hurt. Yeah, well, I have bad luck. So, 
Last season in a, in a different franchise, I had a quarter. I had Russell Wilson get lost for game. the season. I know, different game. I know, but I had him gone for the season. Brian had that yeah. happen too in twenty one. He lost yeah. uh, Wilson with like he, four weeks left. He made the he, he made, made the, the playoffs with still, Josh yeah. Rosen. Did he make oh. the? He made the, he made the playoffs. He made, he made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, next up, the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs make a trade. Where the Dolphins sent tight end Pat Fryermuth and a first round pick in the this draft to the Chiefs for Mike Gesicki. Um, this was the trade that made me almost not want to leave the Chiefs because this was such a good trade for me, uh, for the Chiefs. Um, really, Gesicki's awesome, but Fryermuth is a very young, seventy six overall star, first round pick. Um, this is really like the the Dolphins got fleeced in my opinion, uh, to be honest. And I almost didn't we'll leave because we'll I wanted that first round pick. Um, but uh, you know, I was able to abuse the fact that the Dolphins have uh, FOMO every time they make a trade, and every mm. time someone trades after them, they have they have FOMO from everyone else trading, and then they regret the trades, the one trade they made a seasons ago. So I was able to abuse that and get a great first round pick, um, and yeah, a really good tight end fire move who is already doing well for the other Chiefs owner. So, yeah. Well, he was doing well for the previous Dolphins owner. Uh, yeah. From my perspective, being the Dolphins <laughs> owner, uh, Pat Fryermouth was fine. Uh, Muth, Matt Fryermuth. Um, <laughs> but... Who cares? But uh, Gisicki, uh is incredible with his hands. He's got 94 jump. His blocking is basically wide receiver level uh which sucks because i would really like a, a tight end who can block um but i looked at this as a cost versus replacement kind of thing a war yeah. situation and for the cost of a first round draft pick and the guy i had i thought he was a huge upgrade fully worth uh, especially with the contract that he had after the extension where he's basically three or four million a year you're not going to find an 88 overall player at any position for four million a year unless you've pulled something off so i think at that cost for cap value it made sense for me uh to make that move and i had been looking at other tight ends previous to this i've made an attempt at kelsey and kittle and you know the ones who can actually block uh but uh ultimately the opportunity cost was too high for me not to pull the trigger uh, just like you know, there are about nine more trades to go through. Yeah, I know. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings have agreed to a trade for Garyon Conley, reigning defensive player of the year NFC, for the Broncos first round pick, the one that I had sent to the Chiefs moments ago, and yep. a third round pick, which I presume meant the Chiefs third round pick. Yeah, uh, just to be quick on this, I made a lot of commitments to trades as I had other trades that weren't all the way there yet. So I'm glad no one backed out or I would have not been able to do any of these trades <laughs> because I had told I had offered a first round pick that I knew was coming down the pipeline, but we had 100% agreed on. But then it ended up all working out. So a little insider information. Uh, if they, anything would have fallen, <laughs> anything would have fallen on the wayside, none of these trades would have went through. But yeah, and it's just another person trying to offload a player they didn't want. And gave him good value for it it's funny that you say you didn't want him because he first extended him six years longer uh or seven years longer excuse me before deciding he did not want him i, I cannot you know 
What what can I say? What a deal. Uh, all right, <laughs> lightning round. We we got a lot to cover still. The <laughs> Vikings also traded Garrett Grady Jarrett, defensive tackle, eighty nine overall, uh, expiring contract for a fourth round pick and a future second round pick. Uh, this is clearly uh, I give up on my season. Here's the He's most rebuilding. expensive guy. I'm not going to re-sign him. Yep. Uh, move. But, yeah, I think uh, and he, he shopped him for a long time too, and nobody took him. So I do not yeah. begrudge the value received. Next up, we've got a three-team trade, the rare three-team trade, but I do enjoy. Uh, the Steelers received defensive end Montez Sweat who is 85 overall. Um, the cornerback, William Jackson, the three, 84 overall. And a fifth round pick from the Washington Warrens. The Warrens received outside tackle Braden Smith, who was mentioned earlier as someone who could not go to the Chargers. A second round pick from Pittsburgh and defensive end Jabari Zuniga, who as far as I know is made up uh, to be a relative of Todd Zuniga. And the Cowboys received Pittsburgh's first round pick and middle linebacker Kalike Hudson. Yeah. This was a this was a fun one where it, very close to being a four or five team deal. I had been working for like three days because I, I was going uh, Pittsburgh wanted uh, those two players from me. Uh, William Jackson was expendable because I had brought in Slay and Sweat was somebody I was going to potentially franchise but both of them it was possible both wouldn't be on my team next season so i was looking for players that can contribute now and into uh next season uh, so i wanted to make sure with the draft picks i got that i could swing at least one of them for another impact player it ended up being smith offensive tackle was not my uh my first the first one i went to i went to a bunch of different teams uh just a little uh fun little nugget here i i took a big swing almost came away with dk metcalf um, that oh was I, my god that was what i wanted uh, i was trying to get him from brian because he's gonna have to pay him 20 million bucks and he hasn't gotten production or four out of million him. who knows with wow the way what did you want i i tried to do that too so i'm curious why you're off wow yeah yeah that's let's hear it because he's he's extended yeah. dk now so that's done yeah, I, yeah yeah so that was a fun one um I really tried to make the the sell on that and i thought it was pretty close but ultimately this is one of the things when you're a fan of a team and you have that team and you get attached to it, the players, you know, like I think uh, he wanted to keep him because he's a big Metcalf fan. I understand it. And I'm a Seahawks guy. I wouldn't want to get rid of him either. Uh, but I think uh, it would have made sense for him with the, the deal I was offering to, uh, to, to make a move, but uh, he wanted to stick with them. Uh, but that would have been, that would have been really exciting to have uh, Metcalf on one side and on the other. Ultimately DK um, Metcalf signed a four year, 80 million so yeah that's about 20 20 season yeah it's a lot that's a that's a lot when uh you know at the, at the time i think he had 12 catches on the season yeah he's not getting uh, production so um yeah i so think i, I offered him like two or three first rounders as well for dk yeah. or something yeah. that was my that was that's my big swing and then i told i, I you know I, I had a whole scenario where he could use what i sent him to get something that was going to help him next season but yeah, that was that was just that was a fun kind of dream scenario for me that didn't work out. But uh, I like what I got here. I solidified my offensive line uh, with a good young player that I'll have for the next couple seasons at a reasonable rate. I don't have any money spent on offensive linemen except mm. for him, so I, I could afford to do that. Uh, so that was a that was a fun one to swing. It would have been it just would have been 
even more fun if it was a four team deal involving Metcalf. God, imagine McLaurin and Metcalf. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I understand where why Brian doesn't want to move. I mean, I'm a diehard. I'm from Kansas City, so I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. I've sent everyone but Mahomes basically off that team. Like, I don't want to pay these players. I mean, I love them. Yeah, you I just want to pay too. Chandler Jones forty million a year. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's been the best player on that team for like two seasons. Um, and I've been trying to get, I mean, I would trade my own, I would have traded my homes if it was possible, to be honest. Yeah. $92 million penalty to do that. Almost moved him, but we'll talk. That's another podcast story. Uh, next up, we have the Buccaneers making a big splash. 95 overall Aaron Jones running back three years left on his contract for a 2023 third two, uh, sorry, two, three and four from the Texans. No, sorry. I'm they sent Aaron Jones and a two, three, and four to mm. the Texans for the Texans' first round pick this season and next season. Uh, yeah, I, I believe this is very much because of the great draft pick of Broderick Devine, uh, best player in the draft, super fast running back. Aaron Jones suddenly his playing time is getting eaten into and uh, has a huge contract. Probably would have had to cut him at the end of the season. Mm. Um, and instead, he he gets a couple of first rounders. I don't know about the value of losing a two, three, and a four there, um, but I guess if you're getting nothing but hits in the first round, like the Buccaneers did in the first draft, you have the confidence you want there, and you you roll with it. I thought this was the steal of the trade deadline for the Texans. Uh, they really did not give up a whole lot of value for Aaron Jones. I think he's 95 rated. And look, they gave like, up more for Leonard Fournette the previous season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and he's uh, getting paid like six million. Like I don't like this to spend season money on six million, back. but I believe it goes up to fourteen next and sixteen after that. Yeah, yeah. It's still it's manageable if that's an impact guy for you if you want to be a running team. Or right, he's a great he's great out of the backfield too. So it gives you a couple different dimensions. Um, so I, I thought that was a, a pretty wise pickup by the Texans. So I thought the Texans really out of the trade trade deadline, maybe improve themselves more than anybody else. The uh, Texans also have Aaron Rodgers in our league. So right. yeah, it was a, a reunion. I thought it was actually not a bad trade for the Bucks. If you're already going to cut Aaron Jones, you're basically just saying, give me two first rounders for, for these picks. And then I'm, t- I'm just choosing where Aaron, Aaron Jones goes. Cause he was going to cut him. Like we had no use for him. He got to steal the draft. So, I mean, two first rounders compared to two, three, four, I'll take that. Worth remembering that uh, Divine was you know, um, predicted to be a top five draft pick, and it's just that everyone in the league disrespects running back so much that nobody wanted to draft a running back. Uh, yeah. He had that, that top five label for the entire draft, and just no one jumped on him. Yeah. Dude, there was a lot of good running backs. I mean, like I said, Dumaine on the Chiefs was a, a hidden dev in the sixth round. He was not Divine. <laughs> Well, he's not divine, true. He's like 85. But I'm saying there's a lot, there was a lot of good running backs that got disrespected in the draft um, that fell. So Next up, we 100%. have the Washington Warrens receiving defensive end Rashawn Gary uh, to from the Panthers for a second round and a fourth round pick. And it was conditional, but the conditions were met. Yeah, the, um, the, the Panthers really were, I think, in kind of a tough spot because both of their tight ends, uh, or both of their defensive ends, um, and I'm forgetting the name of the other one. Brian Bryce Burns, Burns. Right? Brian Burns. Uh, really good. He was going to have to re-sign. Well, they were both going to be free agents. I don't think he was going to be able to pay them big, both of them, big money. 
forty uh, million and, for Chandler Jones setting a new market. Yes, yeah, yeah, screwing up the franchise tag. Um, so, so yeah, I mean that was what I, I took that other pick that I got in the in the previous deal. Again, this could have if this had come together sooner, this could have been combined into a four team trade because that's essentially what happened. Is I used. Uh, that other that second round pick that I got from the Steelers to get Gary, who was going to be a free agent, and I did extend him uh, at 15 million a year. So I mean, it's a significant investment, but it's base. It's a little more than I would have paid Sweat, but I think Gary gives me a little. Uh, he's he's superstar uh, dev, so um, gives me a little more uh, uh, on the defensive line. I wasn't getting I wasn't getting a whole lot of uh, production out of Sweat. Uh, I'd put him at outside linebacker actually. Um, and this is something Jeff and I had gone uh, gone over when I offered that trade. Is his speed is like ninety one or some something ridiculous, and so he projects into a, an outside linebacker role if you don't put him in the coverage. I did one play where he dropped into coverage and got torched, uh, so I learned from that and just blitzed him out out of uh, outside linebacker. So uh, just some different things you can do with him, and just you know, I've got a pretty stacked defensive line now. All right, this might be the actual steal of the draft, in my opinion. Or, sorry, trade deadline. DJ Moore, again from Carolina, going to the Colts for a second and fourth in this year's draft and a second next season. So, But this cost him his quarterback, right? Did it cost it him cost his quarterback, him. or did he manage to sign a new and better quarterback? Have you looked at the stats before and after for the Colts at quarterback? No, I have Losing not, but I have seen the attributes. Attributes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Maybe so. uh, Maybe so. But man, I played the Colts right after that. We played each other right after the trade deadline. And Winston missed on like half of the throws. Just misses. Um, And I think John Farber would feel quite redeemed to hear you say that. But all of his attributes are really good. Uh, I would have been very happy with a Jameis Winston quarterback at the start of this league, I think. Unless he just misses uh, it, like you said. Yeah, I, I totally see it the same way. <laughs> I, had, I think it cost him his quarterback. I, I wouldn't have done it. He didn't know. I don't know where you get cost him. He didn't have to sign Jameis Winston. He shed a bunch of cap to sign Jameis Winston. He wanted Jameis Winston. But that's neither here nor there. Next up. Finally, the Dolphins are back in business. Uh, the... Miami Dolphins send running back Cam Akers and defensive tack- tackle Sheldon Richardson. Can you tell I'm getting tired because I'm messing up my words? To the Denver Broncos for running back Javonta Williams and outside linebacker Shaq Griffin. Uh, I decided, despite Cam Akers' very reasonable 86 overall and very cheap contract of $1.17 million a season, uh, it was not effective in my style which i have now come to terms as a power running game cam Akers more of a shifty catch uh kind of guy and he was doing well in the passing game but uh yeah i had a lot of depth at defensive tackle and um i extended richardson to make him eligible to make this trade and uh i decided the cap hit this season was worth it to get a running back that fit my style in javonta williams and Certainly his salary was also a big consideration because Javonta Williams, like Cam Akers, uh, a rookie entering this game meant that his salary would be two to three million at most for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, I thought this was a steal for you because I think Javonta Williams is one of the better, if not like 
one of the best running backs in the game, personally, especially power backs. Um, yeah, not a lot of I speed, but I would rather not miss people. Matter. I want to bowl them over. Yeah, I think it was a great trade. I, I would have not done it if I were the Broncos. I think it was a great trade for you. That's interesting you say that because you made the same trade offer. You wanted Cam Akers. You were coming to me, and you said... I didn't, I didn't want Cam Akers. You wanted Cam Akers. I was, I was going to start A.J. Dillon. Anyway, uh, I then, minutes later, traded Javante Williams and a future third-round draft pick to the <laughs> Chiefs for Najee Harris, who was sent from the Dolphins to the Chiefs <laughs> less than a full season ago. Uh, buyer's remorse, as you described earlier. Certainly, my run game had taken a significant hit with a better yes. offensive line after trading Najee Harris. So... Yeah, it's simple. Najee was putting up an MVP-type season until, like, I mean, he had, like, 12, 13 touchdowns, almost 900 yards, and Jeff really wanted him back. And he got Javante Williams, so I actually preferred Javante Williams to Najee, so I was like, well, okay, you can have Najee back. I'll take Javante. So... Uh, yeah. finally, the last trade of the deadline. Phew. This one was truly the last. It came literally one minute before the deadline bell rang. The mm -hmm. Miami Dolphins traded Indomitian Sioux to the Houston Texans for a third-round pick and fullback mm -hmm. Keithan Carter, who is also a, someone I cut in from the Dolphins in Season 1. And the, the most reason controversial I trade of the deadline. Yes, because I wrote TBD on the draft pick because <laughs> I was trying to race to type things. Um, I wanted Keith and Carter because he has high impact block and speed for a fullback. And I was trying to put someone with high impact block on kick returns because people seem to be able to kick return now, uh, although I have not been able to. And I wanted to try and improve my blocking on the kick returns. Uh, and Dom yeah. Kinsu was on a one-year deal. And I didn't see him getting a lot of playing time since I had three very, very capable defensive tackles. So if one was to get hurt, I would still feel okay. Um, even after trading Richardson as well. And uh, I ate a pretty meaty cap hit to do this. Um, but the Texans also extended Carter to make him eligible. Uh, so I'll have him on a reasonable, I think it's a $2 million deal for the next two seasons. And I have a backup fullback if mine ever gets hurt. Yeah, and that, too many tackles. That long, long diatribe is our trade deadline. Whose idea was it that we talk about this? At <laughs> I don't think you realized how long that was going to take. <laughs> oh, I absolutely realized it. I realize it every single time we do this dumb shit. And now we have like another <laughs> half hour long topic that I want to skip because we've been talking for 80 minutes already. Uh, well, that'll, well yeah. that, that one will roll over. Playoff picture will roll over. I'm yeah. just fine to the next show. <laughs> well, yeah. it's week 12. The trade deadline was week 8, so we Damn. it takes some time. <laughs> uh, but, yes, we certainly will not have started the playoffs by the time uh, we get to the next podcast, at least. I'll tell you, if we do want to just real quick note on the playoff picture, uh with uh let's see here my my football team will uh clinch the division with a colts win over the cowboys and a giants win over the eagles Th that's this week and i believe for you wow. jeff um a uh bills loss would clinch the division for you 
So those are the clinching scenarios right now. Oh man, I I would like to talk about my division for a second. Uh, I think I predict Washington is the one and Falcons is the two in the NFC. I think that's what's going to happen. I, and then I Jeff, I think you'll be the two to the Ravens one. I still think that the Jets will finish the year in second place in the East. However, as it currently stands, they are three and eight and in last place in the division. Only a game behind second place, as it were. But I truly thought the Jets were going to the playoffs. Right now, they are in line to have a worse season than season one, which I I did not think in my prognostication was possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And frankly, I'm upset because they're going to draft so well now that they are going to have like a top 10 pick, which they had in season one and got Jalen Orr who's been tearing up the league as all fast tight ends have been. Um, and it's going to be a disaster. He went eight and nine in season one, and he's three and eight right now. Damn you all for, for losing, uh, for beating well, the Jets so much. Yeah. I think uh, Patriots will finish second. Yeah. Now, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not redoing any of my Oh, one, one, more, one more thing we can look forward to. Uh, one of the winless teams is going to win this week. That's oh, right. Our winless, oh, man. I want to talk yeah, about that. Is. I want to talk about yeah, the, the Chargers the last two weeks coming within inches of victory. Uh, they went to overtime with the Bengals, who are seven and four and are on the precipice of a, a rare AFC playoff spot. But to even make it to overtime as a winless team with a playoff team, that's got to feel very special. Um, I wish he had done a little better because I have the Bengals draft pick. So a, a loss to a winless team would have been chef's kiss. Uh, yeah. It's really screwing up my plans here, but Still, a kudos to the Chargers for making it so close. Um, although ultimately, I think they had a big lead and, and blew the it. Raider, the Raiders have played some close ones. I mean, they gave uh, Arizona a pretty good uh, push in a game recently. I mean, there's there isn't any team that's just going to get walked over. Uh, Actually, I think both those teams are better than the record. Yeah, to be honest. Um, yeah. Especially the actually, I've watched the Chargers in over half of their games be up two or three scores, and then just mistakes and then lose. Um, but if you're going up consistently two to three scores every game, I mean, you're not a bad player. You're doing something right happen. to get in that position. Right. Yeah. Um, um, in the case of the Chargers, the problem is is identifying what's changed. So yeah. I talk to him a lot about this, but if he's having success going deep, the defense will adjust to dying packages. and Yeah, and he'll just yeah. keep attacking in the same way without realizing that, Oh, now I should be running because they've removed yeah. all imp- impotence. I think I think it's perfect what you, you can say. I think they write great scripts, and then once they, that you move on from that, then it, that's when the things sort of unfold. But yeah, if you're going up two to three scores, and the Raiders do it too, um, they're doing something right. So I think it's one of those situations where they're a lot better than, the, than their record. I played them both twice too, and both those games were fun. Yes, which winless AFC West team uh, do you predict will win this game, Julian? Raiders. Okay. Uh, sorry to the Chargers for picking first overall. Um, any last-second 
this or that you want to bring up before we head out? Um, no. Okay. Well, it is twelve thirty at night for me. So, congrats I'm very to all happy to... Rams fans. Congrats to all Rams fans. I'm so happy the Bengals lost in the Super Bowl. To be honest, so am I. Um, misery loves company. I did not want to see another long waiting team get theirs. So, uh, Keep that'll right be back in next year. That'll be this week's show. This week, quote unquote. Uh, Brian should be <laughs> back next week. He took a little break, but. Uh, Go Dolphins and uh, love the league. See ya.